Hey guys, back again. Vegas Fever Podcast. Hi. I'm Jason. That's Paula. We are back a couple weeks off. It's just one a... week. Well, yeah. Yeah, technically. <laughs> so we missed one show, but it's been two weeks since we've done one. But it's yeah, you know, what you said. Great to be back. Um thank you so much for everybody who watches us on YouTube, uh, listens to us uh, on all the other platforms. If you're watching us on YouTube, you do see there at the bottom of your screen that there is a new partnership sponsor friend (laughs) that we are um, working with, Monkey Cult Coffee Company. Mm -hmm. Uh, The great folks there have agreed to work with us. We We have this and we have joined the cult right here. I have this shirt right here. The coffee is delicious. It's smooth. It's amazing. It's rich. It's it's fantastic. Whether you have it in the morning or the afternoon, we've tried it. They have rum cake. They've got merch. It's just a fantastic opportunity for every, for us to work together and to provide you guys with a great deal off of coffee when you go to um, monkeycultcoffee.com and you use our code VFP10 at checkout. Yeah, one of the main reasons why we were so pumped to work with them is because with every purchase of a bag of coffee, they make a donation to pediatric cancer research. And it says all the information on their website. I mean, it's a great cause Mm -hmm. to support and... Unfortunately, uh, cancer hits close to home to just about everybody. So um, we were really, really um, excited and it sparked our interest. And the coffee was really good. So be sure to check them out at cof- at Coffee Cult Life uh, on Twitter or Monkey Cult Monkey Cult Coffee. I'm going to have to practice that mm-hmm. MonkeyCultCoffee.com. Like I said before, we're doing a giveaway. We are doing a giveaway. One free bag of coffee to a lucky uh, person who retweets. Um, and I'll be sure to keep retweeting that on uh, my Twitter at Vegas Fever Pod. Uh, one person has to retweet that tweet and follow at Co- Coffee Cult Life and Vegas Fever Pod. So you follow me and you follow them and you retweet the tweet and you're automatically entered. You have to be in the United States. Um, yeah, and you have to follow of, those rules, and that's and, it. You get a free bag of coffee, so please go check them out. Go read. Um, he on his website has a whole list of information about cancer and even warning signs and the foundation that he donates to. So if you have a minute, just go check it out. And we really, really appreciate them for sure for everything so that's going to be a lot of fun there'll be some stuff in the future uh, as well that we will get to so be on the lookout for for potentially more stuff that we give away um now since we've last spoken it's just like i don't want to say it's been night and day with the golden knights they have been really really good since the all-star break i think they're like the the, you know the best team or the second best team uh one of the top teams since the all-star break now at 94 points, and they are best in the West, best in the Pacific. I think they got two points clear on LA, four points clear of Dallas for the West. And 
I mean, 44, 21 and six is, is fantastic. Is amazing. You know, what they were doing before the all-star break was not great. And, and they sure have straightened themselves out. You may see our cat. <laughs> he is. If you're watching on YouTube. Yes. And uh, you may hear him if you're just listening. That's right. <laughs> because we are trying to use a new space to do our show. We usually do it from our <laughs> closet. And now we are in our son's playroom. Son and daughter's playroom. So trying something new. But uh, the Golden Knights have tried a lot of things new. And they are just... They're just kicking ass. Since they've since the trade deadline, they've been able to acquire Barbashev and, and Bluger and, and Jonathan Quick. We gotta talk about Jonathan Quick here in yeah. a little bit. You said but it was the It's the vengeance tour of Johnny <laughs> yeah. Quick. And if a lot of people are hoping for that LA Vegas matchup in the playoffs. And it could happen. Well, I, the Kings have been much better, so if Jonathan Quick is in is in net against the Kings for the Golden Knights. He can't lose. He can't lose. It, it would. It would. Well, it would. I think it would kill him <laughs> because he spent so many good years in LA and won a couple of cups, and then the last handful have just been down. They haven't been. They haven't been garbage. They've just been not great. Okay. Well, I specifically remember you making fun of him. Every yeah, time. I did. I did. I'm like this guy. They still have this guy. Yeah, and then it, so that's what surprised me that you were positive about the trade. I like the trade because of the fire that it lights underneath him. But then, what happens when that fire fades? Hopefully, there's a Stanley Cup at the end of that. And then, look, he's 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 basically a rental. The Golden Knights don't. He doesn't have a contract for next year. Now, if they win a cup and let him walk, I'm good with that. But if they don't, they're going to have to figure something out. Uh, with him, there is a whole bunch going on in the Golden Knights net right now. And that's something that we're going to get to as well. It's funny that we started hitting on all these bullet points that I have ready to go. <laughs> and, I mean, it's going to be like, I mean, I just hit one button here. And it's just like, bam, look at that. Johnny Quick. Passes John Van Beesbrook for second all-time in U.S.-born goaltender wins at 375. The all-time leader is Ryan Miller, who played for the disgusting Buffalo Sabres. Sorry, that's how I feel. He had 391. They actually recently retired his number in Buffalo. So I, he is the all-time leading goaltender, American-born Um Oh, I had this ready to go to. I think Jonathan Quick is from Connecticut. Wow. Mill Bridge, Millberry. No, it doesn't. You know, but I had that fun fact for you. It's Mill something and then Connecticut. That's where he was born, 37 years old. It now I, I will say that he has had a lot of issues with injuries. So when you look at these wins, he's been in the league two years, two years less than Marc Andre Fleury. We'll, okay. we'll talk about Mark Andre Fleury soon too, I promise. Okay. He's been in the league two years less and he has a lot less wins. And that's because of injuries. Right. It's not just the two seasons. I mean, he's played in a lot of playoffs. Fleury has played in a lot of playoffs. Fleury's been hurt. So is Jonathan Quick. So it's kind of it's you could see what he's been through. Mm -hmm. Because look, 375 is a lot, but it's not what he could have had. Because of that said fact. Yeah. So 
to do this is impressive. Phil Kessel comes over from, you know, from Arizona and gets the Iron Man streak earlier in the year. Jonathan Quick gets the goaltender streak. It's a, you know, or, you know, Mark, it's, it's a great year for things such as that. Uh, the Golden Knights are in a position I didn't think that they would be in. Um, yeah, in the beginning of the season. They've definitely, um, for the all-star break, I was kind of, I don't know, kind of down about it. Yeah. Um, but I I hope that this brings some, like you said, fire and team bonding, and maybe they'll get past the first round of playoffs. I hope so. You said there was <laughs> 11 games left. 11 games. And if the Golden Knights, I saw something today, if they go 7-3-1, and one, I think they break or tie what they did in year one. Wow, okay. And year one was the benchmark for a lot of fans. It's the benchmark for the team. <laughs> it's a benchmark for the universe. Uh, for Knights Nation, it's the benchmark. Because that was the year they haven't been able to replicate. And... They could do it this year. You know, Jack Eichel coming off a hat trick the game before last. Um, Vegas yeah, has won six of seven at this point. Um, when I'm, is the next game? That's a really good question. Probably tomorrow. I mean, you know, they're playing every other day. Life just – like, I mean, I have it right here actually. I had the page open because so I was going to look at the standings. Um, the Golden Wife here is going to pull up uh, the schedule while I review the standings. So Golden Knights, 94 points. Kings, 92 points. Oilers, 88 points. That is the top three in the West. Top three. Tomorrow at 9 p.m. I'm assuming that is Eastern time. Uh, yes. Is it Edmonton? <laughs> it is the Calgary Flames. Okay. So they they went from British Columbia to Alberta, and they will they played Vancouver last Saturday night, which they won. is against the Oilers okay. at 10 p.m. That's right. So, because they st- they're still on the western part of Canada, so it's just like basically being in, in mm-hmm. California or Vegas for the United States comparison. Um, so they go from they beat Vancouver last night, had a two goal lead a couple of times. They were able to they were able to pull it out. Um, really good stuff from from the Golden Knights lately. That's a given. Now you go to Calgary, which is 79 points. They are in fifth in the Pacific, not having the year that they wanted to have. Definitely a down year for them. And then they go take on Edmonton, which is third in the Pacific, just six points behind. Um, Top three teams in the Pacific, VGK, LA, Edmonton. Top three teams in the Central, Dallas, Minnesota, and Colorado. So really, really interesting setup over there in the central because the Golden Knights could, t- could, could tussle with a couple of teams that they're very familiar with personnel wise, Dallas and Pete DeBoer, Minnesota, Marc-Andre Fleury and Ryan Reeves and Colorado, the defending champs and the defending champs aren't even in first place. They're technically in third right now that everything wow. is so three teams separated by two points. Wow. So, so super, super close, close. <laughs> super close. And don't forget about the two wildcard teams, mm-hmm. which would be um, at this point, it would be Winnipeg and Calgary Okay, would be wildcard one and two. If the playoffs started today, the golden Knights would play Winnipeg because the top team in the Pacific plays, I want to make sure I get this right. 
the top team in the Pacific plays the second, the top team in the West plays the second best wild card. So if you get the best mark in the, in the West, you play the last playoff team. Okay. Because you had that good year, so you get rewarded, the, quote with unquote. Cole on the easiest team who barely made it in. Which would be, I guess, Winnipeg or Calgary. No, I'm sorry. I am completely wrong. I'm sorry. Two wild card teams in the West are Winnipeg and Seattle. I totally Seattle. miss Seattle, and I don't want to see them in the playoffs. I feel like that's a bad matchup for the Golden Knights. And there are some people, you know, a lot. I talk with a bunch of Golden Knights fans on Twitter, and. LA, Seattle, and Edmonton are people are teams that they personally, I think it's kind of a collective agreement. That's t- three teams that Vegas doesn't want to see. It would yeah. be Winnipeg right now because they are the wild card too. And I think that's a good matchup for Vegas. And there is a potential to see LA. Which, like we you just said earlier, would be I don't like that. <laughs> I, I don't talk like about it. pressure for uh Johnny Quick. You don't like Johnny Quick? I mean, no. I like the more proper Jonathan Quick. Johnny be nimble. Johnny be quick. Johnny stop everything with his goalie stick. I thought you were going to say something else. No. No. This is a family-friendly show sometimes. Look, I say that, you know, <laughs> look, I just because I say that kids under 18 can't, you know, watch, but it is for them. Okay. So we'll just uh, we'll just get that uh, going as the Golden Wife flips us to the next uh, subject that we got here. Uh, yes. Crease confusion. I'm going to switch our bottom. Not that bottom. That bottom. Okay. If you're watching us on YouTube, you know what the hell I'm saying. If not, it sounded really weird. Um, confusion in the crease for the Golden Knights. So right now, last night, it was Jonathan Quick started. Mm-hmm. Logan Thompson, for the first time since February 9th, was in uniform. Yay. He was the backup. Laurent Brassois. Sorry, um, you can't I, I can't him. see because of the words are right there. But we have there's. If you look right behind the word uh, Brassois, uh, you might be able to see a paw. A paw. Um, but yeah, so quick started. LT was the backup. Laurent Brassois is also practicing. Um, Yuri Patera had a really, really couple of good games for the Golden Knights. He made his first couple of starts. He was really, really good. He got rewarded by being sent down to Henderson. Sometimes that happens because of the... Well, there's only so many uh, cooks in the kitchen. There's too many right now. And if he's sitting there, he should go put... You know where he can play. Is it better to play? It's very, very I mean, true. He knew it wasn't permanent. I mean, you got cooks in a sling. You got cooks in a body cast. You got cooks that are okay right now. You got all kinds of cooks for the Golden Knights. Aiden Hill is probably the odd one out in this whole scenario because he's hurt. It's funny. Somebody gets hurt and somebody comes back <laughs> all the time it's for like this a, team. A rotating door. <laughs> it's just a revolving door of pain. That's what I meant. <laughs> no, I, I mean you're you're absolutely right and. Aiden Hill with 11 games left could be on the outside looking in with Quick, Thompson, and Brassois all presumably presumably healthy by time April 13th or 14th rolls around because that's when the playoffs start. I can't believe that we're in game 70 out of 82. You know what I mean? Or we just played game I 70 of 82. I feel like we just 82. started the season. We were just – I, I, I just, I we just mentioned it on the podcast. Yeah. 
heading toward the end of March. I was going to say middle of March, but really we're trending. We're season six for the Golden Knights as well. I can't believe it's been. It's going to be six years that hockey has been uh, in its rightful place uh, in the desert. So, what do the Golden Knights do about the situation? Who should start now? Logan Thompson, for, like in the playoffs. Quick. I think it should be Logan Thompson. And I say that because Logan Thompson was doing amazing before he got hurt. I think that's an insult to a veteran like Jonathan Quick. <clears throat> I think it puts a veteran exactly where he should be because Jonathan Quick is out to prove everything, but he has I'm had sorry. subpar I years, like you had many years. Complete opposite reaction is when they started Leonard versus Flurry. I feel differently about Jonathan Quick than I do do about Robin Leonard. No, that I do Uh, about Robin Leonard. But I'm saying they started Leonard when it should have been Flurry, and that outraged you, and now you're not outraged that they're starting. This was Logan Thompson's net for more than for half of the year, and he got hurt. That was not his fault, and he was playing outstanding. Let the man finish what he started. Jonathan Quick is an amazing human being to have in the backup role and also I in guess, the starters role. I mean, so if you can't lose. Case, the only way that if I was coach, I would consider it is if he starts playing the next few games and is playing well. If he's not, then I would start Jonathan Quick. I mean, he's rusty. Right. You're but right. That's why you have to play. Right. There's plenty of you time. You don't want to play out the gate on the playoffs. Here's the thing. The Golden Knights are in a really, really good spot, but and they're in no margin for error mode, too. Do you think he's going to do one game no. quick, one game Thompson? Like, I don't think so. Like, what's his face? DeVore did? Yeah, so- I think that Bruce Cassidy, and I think if you look at Bruce Cassidy historically, I think that most coaches, too, they don't do that. Now, if... So well, lucky like, for us, Pete DeBoer did. So like in game one against Colorado mm-hmm. a, the year before last, if Robin Leonard or, or if or if Jonathan Quick has a really, really bad first game, he might not see the post again. That, I mean that I mean he might not see the crease again. That happened. Robin Leonard had a stinker game one against Colorado the year before last, and he didn't see the he didn't see the playoffs again for three weeks. And that's not an accident. He was in timeout. Okay. <laughs> he should stay in timeout. In fact, he should go somewhere else next year to play in timeout. I will not back down from that. The Golden Knights are good where they're at. They could re-sign a 37-plus-year-old Jonathan Quick and be fine. Look, there's plenty of people that don't agree with you. I don't That's think fine. Leonard needs to come That's back. That's fine. But there's plenty of people that disagree with us. Look, look. If he wants to bring his snakes and his farm back, that is fine for him. Okay. But I think he should go somewhere else. This has zero to do with anything else but the fact that he's been a distraction, he's been hurt, and he hasn't really been good except for right when he came over in the bubble. But what you have to say- When he came over and in the bubble, he was fine. After that, he hasn't been good. The point is he hasn't been good. Nothing else matters. Not even his snakes? No, because it has nothing to do with hockey. I, I mean, yeah. It's very, very true. Absolutely true there. What else do we have? Ah, Yes. Well, we're transitioning to... Yes, we are. UNLV. But before we do that, we want to talk about our friends, our friends there at the bottom of the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, Vegas Varsity. Please go check out VegasVarsity.com. Um, use our code VFP10 at checkout to save an extra 10% off. Um, he has sales right now going on. I just checked the other day. Mm-hmm. And it is the perfect time. March Madness is still here. It's mad. <laughs> it's absolutely mad. 
we got to talk. We're going to, if there's time, we'll have to throw in a little bit of bracket talk. If there's no, time, if there's really, time, but yeah, Paula um, doesn't want to talk about hers because she had St. Mary's winning the national championship. I anyway, pick who I pick. It, I think it's fun. I don't take it as seriously. She picked a Catholic school because she's Catholic. I'm That's not that, Catholic. Okay. But... She's, she was an original Catholic. Anyway, VegasVarsity.com, at VegasVarsity mm-hmm. on Twitter. 10% off with your code, with our code VFP10 at checkout. And please go follow Inside the Rink. Yes. Um, they are putting out shows and articles left and right, so please go give them a follow on YouTube or Twitter and go to the website and... Yep, uh, at inside underscore the underscore rank on Twitter and uh, inside the rank dot com mm-hmm. uh, for all that. Uh, also, let's do our Mark Andre Fleury moment of the show. Mark Andre Fleury was ready to kick some ass. He was ready to kick some ass uh, last week because Jordan Bennington pissed him off. Apparently, Jordan Bennington decided to hit another one of his of Mark Andre Fleury's teammates in the nuts. I guess. So, so they asked Flurry what happened and he said, well, this guy hit my teammate in the nuts. So I went after him. And that was all that Mark Andre Flurry said. What else is there to say? What do you want to say? There was a skirm scuffle, uh, you know, a brouhaha, if you will, with the blues and the wild. And what ended up happening was everybody was fighting. Mark Andre Flurry left his crease and went all the way down to the other end. I believe. And, I'm pretty sure everyone's seen it. And in the nicest Marc Andre Fleury way, said he, he took he took off his he dropped a stick and he dropped his pads and gloves and he said, "Let's get it on. Let's fight. I want to fight." He, he was like the nicest human being. He was like, "It'll be good. Let's it, fight. Let's give him a show." He didn't curse. He didn't say one curse word. He. It takes a lot to anger him. He's very even tempered, so it must have really upset him. And I was. I'm glad to have seen that. <laughs> That's really. It was awesome. entertaining. It was entertaining. I mean, I saw the headline on Twitter, and I'm like, no way, this didn't happen. It almost happened, but, but moving on to yes, MLB, where I just wanted to keep all the, I just wanted to now, keep all the fun before the the balloon gets deflated. Your prediction for wins? I don't remember. We should have. I should have wrote it down. Was it? 18. It was around. Well, so year one, Kevin Kruger got 18. I'm talking about year two. I know, but I'm reviewing. We don't. We always review. We're going to do a big review, hopefully. Okay. So, oh, and by the way, if you guys like this hat, that was VegasVarsity.com. Okay. There we go. Um, I think I said around 18. I would have been really, really happy with 20. Um, I think if it was less, it would have been a problem. I think if UNLV would have lost against Air Force in the first round, I don't know if Kevin Kruger would have a job, but I think that he saved his job and he exceeded 18 wins. He is technically an improved coach. He has won 37 ball games in the regular season in two years. And that is better than his father. That is better than a lot of coaches at UNLV. Jerry Tarkanian, Dave Rice, and there's a couple other coaches only had more wins than Kevin Kruger in the first two years. Uh, Dave Rice did that with Lon's players. Yep. Don't forget that. Okay. People will say that year one was Lon and year two was Dave Rice. That's a lie. Okay. Most of Dave, most of Lon's players were there for two years. Dave Rice recruited, but of course he did, but Lon's guys were still there. So I don't know if I count that. Jerry Tarkanian had a really good first two years. 
I think I really want to, oh, I really want to say that Charlie Spoonhour, which was the coach before Lon, had two years. His, his first two years were good. So Kevin's in good company in terms of UNLV coaches historically. And I think he should get more than three years. I think Kevin should get four or five. Well, you and I had talked about it the other day. He actually wants to be there. Yes, I don't does. think it's a stepping stone job for him. His family's there. His father coached there. It means a lot more to him. And I think he's going to work the hardest to keep his job and really turn the program around versus other coaches who are just there to have a job. I think he wants to turn the program around. UNLV is where Kevin wants to be. Um, Sorry, like, why did you move that? Oh, because I'm going to get ready to switch the bottom here. Okay. Uh, but uh, we're just going to let that run for a little while longer. Um, Kevin is where he wants to be. The state of college basketball is not Kevin's fault. So the state of college basketball is uh, NIL, um, which is essentially pay for play, and uh, the portal, the transfer portal. So what Kevin has to work with is kids getting offered more money to go play somewhere. And kids not being happy with their role. Um, you can see on the bottom of our screen, if you're watching on YouTube, I'll tell you this. 19 and 13, UNLV ended the year. They had a uh, quarterfinal loss to Boise State, which is not surprising. Um, Boise State is a better team. Boise State beat UNLV three times. So um, that's not surprising. Uh, I would have been surprised if they won. And I also would have been watching a game at midnight Eastern in the mountains with my brother-in-law. I already told him that. But I but UNLV spared him from that. So thank you, UNLV. Um, my next point, which I'm you know gonna kind of talk about, it's 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 sitting right there for me, is that UNLV in a day and a half has three had three guys in the transfer portal. That's in addition to uh Harkless and Jordan McCabe leaving as seniors. Everybody who was in school in the COVID year got an extra year. So they were COVID seen. They were fifth years. They were five. Six years. Some of them were. Some (laughs) of them were. If they took a year uh, of red shirt, some of them are. Um, But uh, Keyshawn Hall, Keshawn Gilbert, and Victor Iwako are gone. They're in the portal. And... The one that hurts the most is probably Keshawn Gilbert. He had he had a really good year. He's been a bright spot. Uh, somebody that Kevin and staff, hopefully Kevin keeps his staff because he had to hire a whole new staff mm-hmm. after year yeah. one that people forget about. Some people don't, but you know some people do. If he can keep his staff, he's going to be in good shape. I, I think that Keshawn Gilbert was going to be the brightest piece and that one hurts. Uh, Victory Waco, you know, was a, was a bigger guy. Didn't have the numbers. I think he wanted, I think maybe that's been in his mind to kind of leave. That's just kind of the vibe that I get. Uh, Keyshawn, uh, big guard hall, uh, is exactly that. Just a big boy, a guard. I mean, you can really stretch the floor. He's a guy that could help, UNLV in the backcourt, if you're small, he can really help you out by, you know, providing a little bit of height. He didn't get the opportunity he wanted majority of the year. A lot of the year he was on the bench. He got a chance when a couple of guys got hurt. I kind you kind of got the sense from majority of the year 
that he was thinking about it too. Um, so I guess, look, if you want to think about a couple of th- players in this list that I'm telling you that are not surprising, I guess it would be, you know, Hall and Iwako, um, which is how that's spelled, which is how that's pronounced. Um, I did get a chance to, so I reached out to a couple of the players and one of them, which was Isaiah Cottrell, the transfer from West Virginia after the 21-22 season, he did not play last year. He had a foot injury that hampered him majority of the year. I reached out to him and I asked if he was going to be back and he said he would be. So that's a nice piece for UNLV to retain. Uh, I really hope that we're not seeing eight new guys because I don't think that that helps. You can go in the transfer portal and build a brand new team, but I don't think that that's going to help you in March. You need a variety. What you need in March, what you need in the tournament is... A team that knows each other and plays well together. Experience. Yeah. Guard play. And a team to gel at the correct time. And that's those things are really, really big. Um, in the tournament. So we'll see for UNLV. There's going to be some news, I'm sure, in the next few weeks. Uh, I think Kevin and staff is safe unless somebody from the staff moves. And I think that's what's best uh, for UNLV and for Las Vegas at this time. Another uh, more Rebel news. The Lady Rebels, their season ended. It did. Um, They lost to Michigan. They did. They did. But I think we should still be very, very proud and congratulate the team and the coach. Uh, what Lindy LaRock did is is nothing short of amazing. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very special. Um, the next two UNLV teams that we're going to talk about are what has really been a shining light for the program, yeah. for, for UNLV and for Las Vegas. And more people should have really taken that in because UNLV, the Lady Rebels won 22 games in a row. That's really, that's amazing. Look back at any team that's won 22 games in a row. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. What hurt UNLV, and we talked about this earlier, was the fact that they didn't play anybody really inside the top 75 in women's college basketball. As soon as they played somebody better. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It didn't go well. And that game was a struggle. And uh, 71-59 was the score uh, in Baton Rouge, first round of the NCAA tournament. I think that there were a couple people really, like nationally, that were really into UNLV making it to the next mm-hmm. game. Um, it was a struggle. It was tough. But those ladies and that staff were incredible this year. They really took our minds off of what wasn't going right at UNLV and showing us what was and what could happen if you catch fire in a bottle, you know what I mean? Or lightning in a bottle, mm-hmm. I should say. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when things happen, Lindy LaRock, second year, two years in the NCAA tournament, two Good years, a 22 game win streak, two Mountain West tournament titles, two Mountain West regular season titles. I might've been wrong on that, but I know that they got two of something. That's really good. They've won. I, I think they went back to back Mountain West tournament titles. They might only have the one regular season, but either way, you know, a fantastic, fantastic year. I'm excited to see what they do. There is season. nothing, be- nothing but great stuff on the horizon. The only thing that scares me is that if Lindy gets a better offer to go somewhere else, because deserved though. You True, and she should leave, and she should leave. You can't even be mad at it, but you know. 
I think she was, I think she went to Stanford. I know she went to, I'm pretty sure she went to, someone correct me. I'm pretty sure she went to Durango High School in Vegas. I'm pretty sure. And then she went to Stanford, either play or staff or both. I'm worried about a bigger job. And that's what I think that UNLV should be worried about because this university is not going to pay the women's basketball coach more than what they're paying them. Not much no, more. No, so she's got to want to stay. Unfortunately. Yes. Extremely. It's she's got to, it, it is, it, it's, it's ridiculous that, you know, at certain areas of the men's level, but look at what this woman did. Look at what she did. You should give her a raise <laughs> voluntarily. And she got the um, Cox Pavilion to sell out. Twice. So, twice. So and it hadn't happened ever. ever. <laughs> and that building is 22 years old, which matches the winning streak that UNLV had this year. Moving on to another bright spot uh, this year uh, was the UNLV hockey team. They were able to pull off one victory in the ACHA tournament, but which is great. But they were taken down by the Liberty Flames. And we've seen a lot of Liberty in UNLV this year. So in November, Liberty came to Vegas and beat UNLV twice. But then UNLV came to Virginia and mm-hmm. beat them twice. So this was a rubber match, we'll call it. And UNLV was down 2 nothing. They were able to get a goal later in the third period. They pulled the goalie. They weren't able to tie it, unfortunately. And, and, and Liberty added an empty net goal, I would imagine. So 3-1 was the final. Uh, Liberty moves on. And it, look, it's just like the NCAA tournament. You lose, you're done. And, and UNLV, another fantastic year yeah, for the Rebels. Even better than, and they had a great season the following year, and it was even better, right? This year. Top five yeah. most of the year. And, and I know that's really, they're, they're trying to they're, make it to the top tier. Right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. I don't remember what it was called. Um, I mean, I know it's. Look, I, what they're in now is like the Division One of the ACHA. Okay. But what they're trying to get to is, I forget the term yeah. for it, but the top level of collegiate ice hockey up there with the North Dakotas and the Minnesotas and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, and in order to do that. You have to be good and raise money because the college, I don't believe part. Will they're give, a club sport. They yeah. get nothing. Well, they get 25% or 75%. I don't know. We've spoken to Nick Rabone. Um, and uh, really Coach, Coach Vigneri Greener. So yeah. definitely for sure. We've talked to them and I don't know if it's 75% or 25%. They don't get what they should get. So this other percentage needs to be raised by you guys. So that's what you need to do. You need to go on, uh, you know, unlvrebelhockey.com or follow them, follow their Rebel, Rebel Hockey Twitter and donate. Or you find can out ways like to help to support. Very, very true. You can absolutely do that as well. Well, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do this here. Let's see what we got on the bottom. Uh, please subscribe yeah. uh, after you watch or listen to our show. We're on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, most platforms where your podcasts are distributed. Um, the Golden Wife uh, is over here uh, and at The Golden Wife on Twitter, at Vegas Fever Pod. Um, Show's running too long. Next show, I think what I'd like to do is review our bracket. Mine is bad. Hers is in flames. No, it's terrible. Just jealous it's absolutely that terrible. I have fun with it, and he takes it way too seriously. Um, Oops. Yeah, let's do that. So, uh, for Paula and for myself, uh, thank you so much for, for checking us out. Uh, everybody, have a good day. We'll Bye. talk to you next time.